Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Praise the Lord. We're in this series. I'm not going to rush, but I'm going to get you out of here. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to look at Luke 17, 11. I want you to write this down. Mercy is needed. Prayer and praise must be activated. If you want to see mercy come to life in your, you know, just come alive in your life, if you need mercy, how many of us don't need mercy? Amen. We all need mercy, right? Guess what? You got to activate a place of praise. Praise is important for you. So leave that up there. When mercy is needed, praise must be activated. Where do you see that? You see that in Luke 17, 11. And I, it's, a, it's a familiar story. You all know it. And, and I really want you to kind of stay in here with this. And it says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. Obviously, we're talking about Jesus. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And all of a sudden, he entered in a certain village, and there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So these 10 lepers are outcasts. Obviously, leprosy, I didn't even know leprosy was still a thing. When I went to India, I found that there is, and there's actual leper camps to this day where these people are, you think with modern medicine, this would be not even a thing, but it is. And they're outcasts. They're, they're, they're basically, they cannot basic, you know, a leper in this day especially was ostracized from the camp. They had to be outside. They lived in leper colonies. They were all by themselves. Why they contagious? Obviously, nobody wanted them around. They see Jesus as a place of hope. And they ask these words. He said, will you have mercy on us? They're looking for mercy. And look what Jesus says. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Isn't that awesome, man? Lepers get healed. But look at this. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet and gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Pretty wild, huh? But look at this. Keep going. And Jesus' answer says, weren't there not ten of you? Where's the other nine? And he said, nobody came back and gave him glory except this stranger. And I thought about this. Our lack of praise gets God's attention. Because he didn't just say, oh, look at the one guy that came back and did it. He looked at the other nine and says, why didn't you give me praise? Where are you? And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we start understanding that kind of like in a not, not such a great way, I should maybe say, that we're not really conscious of giving God praise for the little things because unless he does something big, we don't even realize he's doing stuff in our life. And here's the worst part, even when he's doing stuff in our life, we don't even acknowledge that he is. And that's what you see here. They got great things. They had a great miracle, but all of a sudden, just because what? They weren't really conscious of the thing. They just went away and forgot who was the guy that gave it to them. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, doesn't it seem like our praise and our thanks kind of goes with what we're dealing with in life? If life is good, I got praise. If life is going smooth, I got thanks. If life is easy, I got to shout. If life is kind of cool, I'm all happy about it. But when it seems like life gets a little topsy-turvy, what do I do? I'm not so quick to be praiseful. I'm not so quick to be thankful. But in this story, what we see is here's these guys, 10 of them get cleansed. One guy comes back to give thanks. And who got God's attention? The nine people that never came and said anything. Don't be unthankful for the things that God has done in your life. 
Don't be, lose the place of gratitude because God's done something great in your life. I think so quick we are to forget how good God is and what God's doing in our life. And I want you to know this. Praise is going to be one of the greatest keys and thanks. Jesus is looking for it in your life. So if it's not an element in your life, this is like a checkup to go, maybe my praise level's been a little down. There was a story Kenneth Hagin taught about Lillian B. Yeomans. We were in Bible school, and it was a really cool story. Lillian B. Yeomans was doc, a doctor. She was a great doctor. She had a great thing going on. She got sick really bad, and she was praying and seeking God, and she didn't know why she wasn't getting healed. She knew the word of God. Now, this is very important. She knew the word of God. She believed the word of God. She released her faith, but something just wasn't working right, and she had an open vision from heaven. And the Lord Jesus said to her, and he, she saw like a weighted scale, you know, like we don't use them anymore, but like, you know, maybe sometimes you go places, you know, you see a scale, like they throw weights and that's how they used to do measurements, right? She saw this scale, she had an open vision and she saw this scale. It had petition weighed down and it had praise over here. And the spirit of God said to her, if you can get your praise to outweigh your petition, you'll be healed. And for three days and three nights, she praised the Lord. And she got a miraculous healing on the third day, I think it was, or the fourth day, she got healed, and she wrote a book. Why? Because how much petition do we have to God? How much asking petition is? How much do we need? How much do we want? Nothing wrong with that. But how much praise is our balance scale kind of balancing out? Is the element of praise there? Are we just thinking, thank, you know, I got people that come around, you know, thank God I got up today. I don't think like that. I expect to get up. How about you? You know, eh? Thank God I'm breathing today. I'm like, oh, I expected to breathe. No big deal for me. You know what I mean? But what do we start to see? Getting a perspective of what, right? You know, I got to talk to somebody the other day, like, thank the Lord I'm up. I was like, I expected to get up. What, what are you fighting? You know, eh? oh, thank God I'm breathing. I'm like, I expect to breathe. Like, what's the big deal? You know, it's not that I'm not, you know, these are not things that I go, oh, Pray, hey, can you imagine having a meeting? Everybody gets up in the morning. Praise the Lord, we all made it through the night. Yeah. Let's do it again tomorrow. Like who did, come on, right? But what are we seeing? We're understanding that some people, it is a miracle. But we, that doesn't mean that we're not, we're not appreciative. But what does it mean? I'm just becoming more conscious of being grateful, of being thankful. So, what I want to do is I want us to not just think Thanksgiving, let's be happy. No, I want us to leave here. The Bible says what you request, let your what? Your petition of praise become known unto God. So how many you know there's some asking and there's some praising God and thanking God because that's what? The seal of the deal that you received. So what do we do? We start understanding that the access of praise is more than just giving a shout to God. It's what? It's providing a place for us to what? Walk and acknowledge what God has done for us. But another thing praise does is this. It gives you the victory. And in 2 Chronicles, I want you to see this because I thought this was such a great story. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1, we start understanding what praise really means and how it gives you the victory in life. And I want to say this to you today with a prophetical insight is this, that I really believe that some of the battles you and I are facing, you can speak to it, you can do a lot of great things, and there's a lot of things, but I got news for you. Some of the battles that you and I face, the only place of victory we're going to find is through praise. And that's what I want you to know, because I've always said this about the Bible, and I want you to see this. We kind of come in, it's like, oh, am I supposed to confess? Yes. Am I supposed to meditate? Yes. Am I supposed to, well, I would never leave the house 
like we're supposed to read, confess, meditate. You need eight hours a day. And that's not what God's saying. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. That's the key. Because sometimes God wants you to speak to some stuff. Sometimes God wants you to press through some stuff. But sometimes God wants you to praise through some stuff. And you're going to have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and kind of like do your spiritual checklist. Like, hey, you know, like even in the air, like, hey, I did give. And hey, I did believe. And hey, I did believe I received. But maybe I got to add some praise to it. There's some battles you're going to face in life that you're going to have to really use the element of praise to get the breakthrough because there ain't no other way to get it but through praise. And this is what I want you to see today because how many of you know sometimes I battle stuff and I don't even think of using praise. How about you? There's some stuff, mind dealing, stuff going on. Like, I'm not thinking lift my hands in the living room and start praising God. That's my way out, right? What do you do? You rebuke it, you bind it, you know, you plead the blood against it. But when did sometimes God just say, hey, this will quicken you to go, it's time for you to praise your way out. You say, I didn't even know it was in the Bible. Well, it's there, and you're going to see it today. Look at this in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. This is really going to help you today. And it came to pass, it says in the Word of God, right? That, that there's a battle getting ready to go on here. And I want you to see this because it's very, very important. It says, uh, you got 20, yeah, there you go, right? I think this is, this is going to help you kind of see this thing. I thought this was really, really, 20 verse 1. I'm finding it in my pad here. And it came to pass, there we go. And it came to pass after this also, that <laughs> the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, right? And, and the Amorites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. This is big, man. This is a big war. Now, this is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's not doing anything wrong. By the way, let me just give you the story of Jehoshaphat just real quick. Jehoshaphat's serving God, doing the right, sound familiar? Serving God, doing the right things, following God, being obedient, walking with God, loving God, having a good season of life, trying to follow God. He's a pretty good Christian, praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, here come four armies to try to destroy him. Sound kind of familiar? Like, I ain't doing nothing wrong. What's up, man? Why do I got to do this battle? And look what it says. And there came some that told Joseph, saying, there comes a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they're coming against you. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, proclaiming a fast all throughout Judah. Gathering all the Judans, they came together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities, Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stands in the midst of the congregation in verse 5. And he says this before the new, in the house of the Lord. And said, O God of our fathers, are not you the God in heaven? Now right there, I want you to see this, right? This guy should be freaking out. Armies are coming against him. It's an obstacle. It's a problem. It's a mess. But guess what he does? Instead of freaking out, starting to complain, starting to, why am I going? To, okay, watch. Why do I got to go through this? Right? What do we do? Here we go. More junk. What do I got to deal with now? Great. No, instead of complaining about it, instead of, you know, just flipping out, what does he do? He goes before the Lord and he says this, aren't you the God in heaven? Aren't you the ruler over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Isn't there power in your hand and might that nobody be able to stand against thee? Art thou not our God? Aren't you the guy who drove out the inhabitants of the land before Israel? Aren't you the guy that cut a covenant with Abraham and you still got a covenant with me? Aren't you the guy that said he can do what he did? Are you not the one that dealt therein and have built thee a sanctuary with your name saying, if evil will come upon us, a sword, a judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. 
for your name is in this house. And we cry unto you in our affliction, won't you hear me and won't you help me? What's he start doing? He starts putting his petition on God. Like, aren't you the God that said you can get me out? That's the first step. What do we do when stuff hits us? What do we do when trials hit us? What do we do when tests hit us? What do we do when stuff hits us that's so hard, sometimes we feel like, man, I don't like this. What do we usually do? We don't go in the living room and start going, aren't you the awesome God? Aren't you such a supernatural God? Aren't you still the covenant-keeping God? Are you kidding me? We complain, and we mumble and grumble and get mad. Let's be honest, right? I don't want to go to church no more. Why do I got to go through this? I don't want to see Pastor Chris. I hate him too. Come on, somebody, give me an amen. You know what happens. I gave in the offering. Why is my money funny? I believed in restoration. Why is my husband still the way he is? I know that kid could serve God, but my God in heaven, when? He's 50 years old. Come on. What am I trying to get you to see? Jehoshaphat doesn't focus on the outside obstacle. He tries to go to an inward place and magnify the Lord. Now, I want you to watch this, right? Because it says this. And now they show up. Here they come. Everybody's coming. They're trying to destroy him. Isn't God for me? And look what it says in verse 14. And Jezu, the son of Zechariah, stands up. For the spirit of the Lord came upon him in the midst of the congregation. And he said, now he prophesies. Hey, Judah, Jerusalem, everybody, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, be not afraid nor dismayed by the, re- the reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours but God's. Stop right there. I want you to look at that. Don't go anywhere. Go to the first part of that because there's, there's a miracle in this thing. Go to 15, the first part. Hear ye, everybody pay attention. I'm gonna get you out of here, just pay attention. Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by the reason of this, go, great multitude. What's the first thing we do? We start reasoning, why is this here? Why is this in front of me? Why'd this happen to me? Why do I gotta go through this? Why do I have to deal with this? Why has this got to be my life? Doesn't look like your life. Why has it got to be my life? Why do I got to go through that? Why do I got to suffer the grief? Why did I have to suffer the loss? Why did I have to go through the addiction? Why did I have to go through the jacked up marriage? Why, 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 why? And guess what? Your whys are okay because there is something in there that nobody knows. But here's what he said. Don't let the reason pop that back up there. You need to see that won't you be afraid and don't you become dismayed by the reason of this great problem? For this battle's not yours, guys. It's the Lord's. It's not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. And that's what you gotta remember because God's in you and you don't need to fight the battle. He's gonna fight the battle. But you just gotta use the right elements to win. That's the thing. So look what he says. He said, Did you get this? Tomorrow, look at verse 16. He says, tomorrow, go down against them. Oh, Jesus, help me, right? Like, oh, okay, now I'm supposed to, well, if this is good, I would have been like, well, if the battle's not mine, let me just stay home. But there's instruction. The battle's not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. But tomorrow, what do you got to do? Go down against them. Behold, they come up against you. Get down there and go. Oh, great, sounds great. Look at 17, he tells you what to do. He says, what? And you shall not need to fight in this battle. Just set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of your Lord. He's with you. Oh, Judah, 
Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Why? Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. I mean, you know, you got to take courage, right? It's going to take something to go down to the edge of the battle and not think I'm going to fight. So what kind of supernatural intervention is going to come to work on my behalf? Great question, isn't it? Because the Bible says, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kohathites and the Korites and every ite and every stinkingite there stood there, right? Says what? Stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. That was the job. What they going to do? Praise the Lord with a loud voice. Come on, right? He's telling you what's going on, okay? Just stay close. You're going to be all right. Hang on, right? And they arose early in the morning, and they went forth from the wilderness of Tekoa. And what did they do? And as they went, Jehoshaphat said this. He said, hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. But if you believe his prophet, you will prosper. What's he saying? He's saying right now, in this moment of time, I'm, gonna get a, I'm getting a prophetic word from God. A prophetic word from God isn't line upon line. It's a line of, it's a prophetic moment that God gives you instruction. And if you follow the instruction, you win. That's what he's saying. He said, I didn't get this thing. He said, I got a prophetic word, man. This thing came on me because we fasted, we prayed, we sought the Lord. We got a battle. The battle's not ours. It's the Lord. He said this. He said, and here's what you need to do. What do we need to do? Okay, good. He said, listen to the prophet. Okay, so now the people are going up against a battle they don't want to go up against, but he get a prophetic insight. What's the prophetic insight? What did you get, Jehoshaphat? He said, okay, I can show them with the people and I appoint in singers. I don't know about you, but I think we should get the fighters and not the singers. No offense, but if it came down to it, I don't think we need to get the praise team to go out there and start a war. Okay? I know you guys are tough and all that. God bless you. I know Lauren's got a good right hook, but praise be to God. I don't think I want to send them guys out to fight the battle. But Jesus said, it's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. He's going to prevail. You don't fight this thing with flesh and blood. You fight this thing with spiritual weapons. And your spiritual weapon of choice today is your praise. Look what he said. And he said what? He appointed the singers in the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army, this is what they said. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. What was their song? Praise the Lord. He sent the singers saying what? And they went out before the army to say what? Praise the Lord. His mercy endured forever. Wasn't mercy what they needed? They needed victory. Now write that down. What am I supposed to say before I go to battle? Praise the Lord. Kenneth Hagin was teaching us in Bible school. I used to sit there sometimes. He'd be sitting there, praise the Lord. He'd be walking around the pulpit. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I was like, I don't know why he's going to say that 50, 60 times. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Because what? It's the same thing he told Jehoshaphat to say when you go before the army of the war that you're going to face. What did he tell him to say? Praise the Lord. Your mercy endures forever. What are you going to say? Don't be goofy. Duplicate it. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What are you going to say next time you got a battle? Praise the Lord. I don't need to get fancy. I'm just going to say what he said. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. And when... 
they began to sing and praise. What? Amen. The Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon, Moab, Syria, which came against them, and they were smitten. Well, who smitten them? The children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Syria utterly to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants, everyone helped to destroy another. These dudes go to the end of the battle, stand there with the word of God, and go, okay, everybody, hit it. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Sing it in the back. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Sing it on the left side. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Sing it in the back row. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And while they start singing, these nitwits start fighting one another. And they slaughter one another so much so now, I don't know about you. This is beyond natural comprehension. But God told you the weapons that you have are greater than the weapons of your enemy that's coming against you. They got confused amongst themselves and slayed one another so much so that Jehoshaphat just sang a song. They annihilated one another. The Bible goes on to say that they took them three days to pick up the spoils of these nitwits that tried to come up against them. And all they had to do in the heavy lifting was lifting all the gold and all the silver and all the blessings that were laid up because when they started praising the Lord, their enemies started attacking one another and destroyed themselves right before their eyes. So much so, all they had to do was walk into the land and take what God had already laid up for them. Now, now, wait a minute. I don't know about you. And it says here, and when they began to sing in praise, when they began to sing in praise, when they began to sing in praise, they started what? Destroying themselves. Look at verse 24, just so you can see it. And when Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked at the multitude, and behold, there was dead bodies fallen to the earth, and nobody escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, and they found among them in abundance riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. Now, wait a minute. I want you to go back over here. And I want you to see this. Verse 21. Just go to 221. We're done. What does he tell them to do? He said, go down there and start singing. And say what? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his. Look at verse 22. And when they began to sing, what do you think they sang in praise? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to what? Singing praise. 
singing praise, singing praise, singing praise. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What happened with your enemy? They went crazy and killed themselves, guys. I don't know about you, but if four armies were coming against you and you went down there and you just followed God's instruction to praise the Lord and they started whacking one another out and you just kept singing, I would have sang a lot louder. Praise the Lord. Because I would have been a little nervous. I don't know about you. Go down in the edge of the battle and say, praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. I don't know about you, but this is crazy. And on the way down there, I would have been telling everybody how crazy this is. This is nuts. We're going to go down there and get killed. This don't make no sense. How in the world are we going to fight a battle? We're going to go down there against four armies, military weaponry army guys. And we're going to go down there. And all we're going to do is bring our tambourine and the praise team. zippity doo da day. Ain't nobody on that praise team can really fight. Right? We're going to die. Where's the military camp? Where's the army? Where's the armies of the Lord? Where, by the way, God, where are the armies of the Lord when we need them? Go down there. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And the moment they start singing and the moment they start praising, their enemies start destroying themselves right before their eyes. And all they got to do is go pick up the spoil that is waiting for them. I want to ask you a question. What enemy stands before you has a chance to even stay if you start praising the Lord? What is standing in front of you today that needs your praise to get out of your way? Why not? If the enemy rises up against you, when is the element of praise? If something's held back, when is the element of praise? When something stops working the way you think it's going, where is the element of praise in your life to eradicate your enemy in front of you. And how many times have you gone to the place of praise when you need to go to the place of praise and change the whole atmosphere around you? Here's the deal. I'm gonna say it one more time. And when they began to sing and they began to praise, everything started happening. What is held back in your life today because maybe your place of praise is not where it needs to be. What have we been doing? I'll tell you what we're going to start doing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Next time you face a battle, praise the Lord. Right here in the living room. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Next time some next time you get a bad doctor report, praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Next time you got a setback, pray, praise the Lord. For I ain't praising the Lord for the garbage that shows up. I'm praising the Lord because he's getting me out. Praise, next time you got, you're a little depressed and you wake up in the morning and you don't feel right. What do you say? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Next time you got a battle, you don't know where it's coming from, what are you going to do? Praise the Lord for his, his mercy endures forever. Next time that kid don't want to serve God, but you don't want to tell him to his face and he, you say, okay, bye honey, I love you too, click. 
Next time you got a problem at work and everybody think you're crazy, but you can't say nothing, you're going to take a little break and you're going to make, excuse me, I need to go to the restroom, but you're going to go in that stall and shut the door and you're going to say, come on, you got to start activating this place of praise in your life to start changing some stuff in your life so you can start going beyond the thing. When is the last time you added the element of praise to change something in your life? You got to add it into your arsenal of equipment to make sure you can overcome the enemy. You got it? Now that thing, you got to just leave it in your heart. Next time it shows up, what are you going to do? Next time something happens, what are you going to do? You're going to start activating your praise life and your praise life. Now, this is the one thing I'm going to leave you with. What enemy is facing you that you can't see? Bunch of them. What are you going to do when they don't move? I'm going to praise the Lord. Is your praise going to confuse the enemy? You better believe it. Is your praise going to annihilate the enemy? You better believe it. Is your praise going to activate the blessing of God on your life? I want you to see this and I'm done. Next time you got a problem and you don't know what to do, just see the minute you lift your hands and start praising the Lord, your enemy's going to fight one another out there and wind up destroying themselves. And all you're going to do, the only heavy lifting you're going to do is the sack full of cash you're going to get from the spoil, the sack full of blessing. Where were, you want to know where that work was? Hey, you want to know where the work was? The work was picking up all the stuff that the enemy left behind because they wound up killing one another. I don't know about you. I don't want to do no heavy lifting. I just want to pick up the goods they leave behind. You better start shouting and you better start praising the Lord. And then next time you face a battle, I got one thing to say. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.